Today is May 31st, 2021, and our first story. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn stated at a conference that what happened in Myanmar, the military coup, should happen here. Myanmar recently went through a military coup after the military claimed election fraud. In our next story, Antifa attacks an Asian man they believe is Andy No, and many people think it wasn't Andy No. Antifa may have just attacked a random Asian man. Both of these stories show the civil war, whatever you want to call it, is escalating. It's getting downright weird. But in our next story, the Great Reset is here. A dramatic shift in how people live and spend money is upon us. As families are actually flush with cash, but the supply side is gone and no one needs to or wants to work. Before we get started, leave us a good review, give us five stars, and if you really like this show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Speaking at a political rally in Dallas, Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor to the president, said that a military coup can and should happen in the United States. He was asked by a Marine who said that he was but a simple Marine, but wondered, why can't what happened in Myanmar happen here? Michael Flynn said it can and it should happen. For those that aren't familiar with what happened in Myanmar, it was a military coup sparked by claims of election fraud. Of course, now Michael Flynn is saying it should be the same here. Now, there's a lot of difficult editorial decisions in producing content like this. I'm sure there are many people who say, oh, he didn't call for a military coup. Oh, he's not doing it. He did. I recently criticized Nancy Pelosi when she called, I believe she called the Joint Chiefs of Staff and said, take away Trump's ability to fire nukes. And they said, ma'am, this is a military, that would be a military coup. We can't do that. I have no problem calling it out like it is. And we've heard from many leftists who said that there should be escalation. There should be protests. There should be riots. We called each and every one of those instances a call for violence or a call for escalation. In this instance, Michael Flynn did just that. And it was quite scary. He was in a room full of people who cheered at the idea of a military coup in the United States. He made his statement about there, sh- there should be one, and people started clapping and cheering for it. And now I wonder, have we already entered the hot portion of the Civil War, or is this the threshold by which we enter it? For the past several years, it has been said that we are in a cold Civil War. Some people have argued that every four years is a Civil War, but... I think it's been substantially worse this time around than it's been, at least in my lifetime. Sure, when George W. Bush got elected, people pelted his car with eggs, or I think that's what happened. I don't know. I was really young at the time. And people were saying, not my president. But, you know, we we moved on from that. Maybe something similar could be happening now. But we've actually had people die. And we've actually had people storm the Capitol during the counting of the Electoral College votes. I understand that some people were befuddled and just let into the building. They walked in calmly, had no idea what was going on. But there were many people who stormed into the Capitol and fought with cops. The left now is trying to get a commission on January 6th, and the right is saying it was a riot and nothing more. But it's a grain of sand in the heap. A few years ago, I was talking about the prospect of a hot civil war. And I said, we are watching different factions fight each other in the streets. Many people say it's reminiscent of Weimar Germany just before the rise of the Nazis. But I had many people on the left and the right tell me I was wrong to suggest it was ever possible there would be a civil war. My argument was this. 
as the cultural war, the culture war and the ideological split between factions continues to grow, it will seep into government institutions, into financial institutions. And once it reaches critical mass and the highest levels, you will then get a, an, an, an impasse. And that's when fighting starts, when negotiation is done, when no one cares. We're now looking at audits over the election in, in New Hampshire and in Arizona. And the latest news out of New Hampshire is that it wasn't fraud, just a glitch where certain votes weren't being counted or just being given to Democrats, which created a very serious problem. Does anyone really care? Will the right care? No, it just confirms what they already thought in the first place, although it doesn't confirm fraud. Arizona, who knows what we're going to get out of that in the end. But the left thinks it's all a big sham. Left wing sources are saying it's fake news. Mainstream media is saying, well, here's an interesting quirk and glitch. And the right is saying we already knew. When you take into consideration that the former national security advisor for the president is saying these things, when you take into consideration that people have been setting fire to buildings and rioting for a year and the media has defended them, where do you think this goes? And it's strange to me that I've said this over and over again for years, and it just keeps getting worse. At a certain point, we will cross the threshold into hot conflict. I have people on the left, however. They say, Tim, you're wrong. You're so dumb for suggesting civil war. What would you say to Michael Flynn's statements? And whenever they say this to me, they're like, didn't you say there was going to be a civil war? And I'm like, what would you say about January 6th? Now, you might just say, people on the right, it was simply a riot. I know, but it's grains of sand in a heap. People think that war is this far off, distant idea that you know when it happens. You don't. I've been there. I've seen it. And I'll warn you again now. A Princeton professor said cold civil war. We're in it. Well, with violence and death and the escalation, we're either at the door of hot conflict or we've walked through it and it's just not that bad yet. But we'll see where it goes. Let me get, let me let me break down the news for you and, and give you the full context of what's happening. Read this story before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to the members only area. You can click the big old members button, sign up. When you do, you help support my work in the event that I get suspended, a strike or banned. You can find our work at TimCast.com and your membership helps us expand. We're hiring people. We're very close to launching a newsroom. It's going to be epic and you're going to love it. So your support is more than just getting access to the members only area. But don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And more importantly, if you, if you believe in the work that I'm doing, sharing is the most important thing you can do. I don't have the marketing budget of CNN and YouTube props them up. If you like what I do and think it's important, agree with the message, disagree with me personally, but like the news coverage, sharing this is powerful and it can help bring about some serious change. Let's read the first story. Ex-Trump advisor Michael Flynn says Myanmar-like coup should happen in the US. They say, appearing in Dallas at a QAnon conference, Flynn was asked during a Q&A session that was shared in a Twitter video, I want to know why what happened in Myanmar can't happen here. After cheers from the crowd died down, Flynn responded, no reason. I mean, it should happen here. Myanmar's military seized power February 1st and imprisoned the country's democratically elected leaders on the basis of unproven allegations of voter fraud. At least 800 civilians have died and thousands have been arrested in protests that have racked the Southeast Asian nation in the months that followed. Supporters of the Q conspiracy have praised the Myanmar coup and called for the U.S. military to do, to do the same, citing unsubstantiated claims of election fraud. Now, I'll pause for a second. It doesn't matter whether, whether you agree or disagree with this. 
I'm not here to say I know definitively for the most part. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes and the degree. I can tell you this. I am simply informing you that there is a conflict. It cannot be mended. The bridge is gone. The fissure has grown, grown so wide. The right believes what they do and you will not change their mind. I won't. The left believes what they do. You will not change their mind. I won't. I can only tell you the divide is very real. I can show you the story from Market Watch, but I want you to consider something. Up top, they say bias split across 17 sources from ground.news. They show only 13% of the story of the of the stories written about this come from right-wing sources, 27 from centrist and 60 from left-wing sources. Earlier this morning I covered a story about Andy No. That it is it, they, many on the left extremists attacked a man they claimed was Andy No. That story was overwhelmingly just reported on the right. You see, you see what's happening here. On the right, they say Antifa, violence, Andy Noah's attacked. On the left, they say insurrection, right wing, QAnon. Make sure you're not being, you're not blinded by biased news sources. Make sure you're reading most. I think it's good that many of you are watching this, whether you agree or disagree. But I want to point this out, that Market, Market Watch is said to have a center biased bias, but I do think it's leaning slightly left on this. They go on to say Flynn, a former army general, was fired by Trump in 2017. We, we know this. He was then accused by Flynn. Last summer, Flynn posted a video reciting QAnon slogans. Twitter banned Flynn and others in January in a purge of accounts promoting QAnon theories. I want to show you, uh, I want to break down what, what's, what, what's happening for you. I want to show you, first, I want to show you a bit of the bias. From Business Insider, and this is linked from MarketWatch, the Omni Dallas Hotel is hosting a QAnon conference. That's a framing device. I, I'll try to, to, to break things down to the best of my ability. They mention it was actually called for God and Country Patriot Roundup, which will feature prominent conservatives, including uh, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Now, the media will call it a Q conspiracy uh, a conference because many of the people there have agreed with or pushed those ideas. It's literally a political conference. Now, what I find so alarming in all of this, what was said by Michael Flynn? I know, again, many of you may, may be saying he's not calling for a military coup. Well, many have praised what happened there. We don't know for sure. All that matters is the ideological split. In Myanmar, they, the military claimed there was election fraud, so they intervened. Well, because many on the, on the right have stated something similar here in the U.S., of course they would want the military to intervene. Of course they would call for such a thing. Vox.com, a left by a source, writes, Myanmar's coup is uniting a country driven, uh, riven by ethnic divisions. Will it last? They're going to mention this. When the military claimed voter fraud in that election, well, let me, let me go back one. Sue Thit, 30, lived abroad but returned to Myanmar in the past decade when the country with the new constitution began to ease into civilian rule. She wanted to be a small part of that future. She supported Sue Kyi's National League for Democracy, and like the rest of her family, voted for that party in elections this last November. When the military claimed voter fraud in that election to justify its takeover of the civilian government, she knew it was a lie. When the military began massacring protesters, she knew her purpose to be a small part of Myanmar's future would now require something different out on the streets among the mass of protesters she felt motivated. We began to understand that it'll be a long road, Suthit says. It would not be finished in one week or one month. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? 
They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply i bring this story up to reference obviously the claims from the military was uh, election fraud but to give you an idea of what will happen should anything like that occur in the u.s now i think it's highly unlikely of course, you have many people who believe there's going to be this big intervention or some you know, military move or Trump. I just really don't see it happening. Many people point out lab leak theory. They say the media was wrong about that. Maybe they're wrong about uh, Q and about Trump and all that. Sure, fine. I don't know. I can tell you what I'm seeing now. I'm not here to support one side or the other. Just to tell you the ideological split is growing and people are going to be emboldened. And should anything happen, you will get people out on the street in a sustained period uh, period of likely violence. As they mentioned, 800 people had been killed. I want to show you this story from NBC Boston. Interestingly, ground news bias uh, assessment shows that it's 44% right wing, 23% centrist, 33% left wing. So a good mix of people are hearing this news from the mainstream media, NBC Boston. Auditors find no fraud in disputed New Hampshire election. I want to show you the weaknesses of just calling out the bias of the outlet and why you need to read both left and right. They say a discrepancy showing Republicans getting hundreds more votes in a local Wyndham race drew the attention of Trump and his supporters in their effort to find evidence of his wider claim of fraud in 2020. Now, the headline says auditors find no find no fraud in disputed New Hampshire election. But the headline should probably read glitch causes votes to shift. That's it. Why did NBC Boston just frame it as no fraud when the bigger concern is discrepancies? That's where things get interesting. Let me read you the story. They say there is no evidence of fraud or political bias in a controversial New Hampshire election where a recount and audit has drawn the interest of former President Trump. Auditors concluded Thursday. I believe based on my assessment, that is a true and correct statement. But there's more. Rather, Auditors investigating the election in the town of Wyndham believe a folding machine used by the town to try to accommodate the number of absentee ballots in the November election is responsible for mistakenly adding to vote counts for candidates in four legislative seats. Quote, we found no evidence of fraud or political bias. Mark Lindemann, one of the three auditors and the acting co-director of Verified Voting, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization, said, I have heard no one actually articulate a credible hypothesis of how fraud could account for what we found. They say the town used the machine to fold the absentee ballots before sending them to voters. After they were returned, the ballots were fed into a counting machine because the folds on some ballots went through a Democrat's name. The ballot was either not counted or a vote was wrongly given to the Democrat. 
the audit mandated by the legislature and started earlier this month, finished Thursday. It was called by lawmakers from both parties after a recount requested by a losing Democratic candidate in one of the legislative races showed the Republicans getting hundreds more votes than were originally counted. No matter the audit findings, the results won't change. You see, this is interesting because it benefits the Democrats. It Democrated a Democrat who lost. I see this meme. It's really funny. There's a meme that says not a single Republican challenged their own election. It's actually not true. I believe it was Michael Kelly in Pennsylvania who did win and challenged the results based on the law, not on any claims of fraud. Why do I highlight this? Well, we have this audit. We have the right wing narrative, the left wing narrative, and I don't think it matters. This will be used to embolden both factions because NBC doesn't know how to do its job. The left, they'll take the headline and they'll write stories about it where they don't tell you the full context. The right will focus specifically on the discrepancies. Ground news, their bias distribution, they say auditors find no, uh, no fraud in disputed New Hampshire election. Again, even ground news, I'm a fan, but they're not putting in the appropriate headline. There should be a comma and it should say, but did find discrepancies. If you take a look at the left wing articles, they say another election audit disproves Trump's claims of fraud. New Hampshire election audit praised by Trump shows no evidence of fraud. WHDH auditor finds no fraud. Now let's see what the right has to say. NH voter integrity leader, smoking gun proof of election fraud from OAN. The Gateway Pundit says audit of Wyndham, New Hampshire is a sham due to conflicts. Okay. Twitchy says forensic audit touted by Trump finds no evidence of fraud. Hey, a bit unbiased, would you think? And USA News says forensic audit finds no evidence of fraud. Interestingly, it's all being framed similarly by left and right, which I can't say is surprising because the right, in my opinion, many of these outlets tend to do a decent job telling these stories and giving you the full details. I think they should include the discrepancy in the title. They don't. But the left is going to latch onto it saying, see, no proof of fraud at all. The people who already believe it will believe it. And the people who already believe Trump will just believe Trump. And this will be used, in my opinion, to just add to the escalation. It's interesting how framing is everything. That you can take a story of Antifa. The left will say a mostly peaceful protest. And then that's it. People on the left will just be like, see, it's a peaceful protest. The right will say violent riot. And it usually is a violent riot. Well, Michael Flynn will be the next escalation beyond just his statement. We have this from Newsweek. Michael Flynn could face court-martial for Myanmar coup remark, ex-Trump official. Newsweek says, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, an army officer who was fired by the Trump White House, has said Trump's former national advisor, national security advisor, Michael Flynn, could face a court-martial over his remarks that a Myanmar-like military coup should happen in the U.S. Quote, I want to know, so we, we know this. Vindman said, With these seditious remarks, Comrade Flynn may have crossed the line for recall to active duty and court-martial. As a JAG, I'm qualified and also happy to prosecute this case. P.S. U.S. military would never support this. We love America. Interesting. I've heard different things. I've heard from some people who have friends in the military that most people in the military are Trump. I've heard from some people who've quit that there's too much wokeness. I think wokeness is seeping in, but there may be many people who are Promaga. The reality is the divide, the culture war, it's in our military. It's in our, our federal branch. It's in our executive branch. It's at the highest level with Donald Trump. 
the president. It's there now with Joe Biden in office. The split exists. They go on to say, Steve Vladek, a professor at the University of Texas School of Law, noted that Flynn is still subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Quote, the constitutionality of jurisdiction over retirees for post-retirement offenses is something we're currently challenging in the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces and the D.C. Circuit, he tweeted. Flynn pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. This we understand. Vindman was the guy with Ukraine. We know this. His twin brother, Alexander Vindman, who also served on the NSC, was a key witness to the, in the Democrats' impeachment inquiry into Trump's dealings with Ukraine. So I absolutely need to clarify this. It's Eugene Vindman, not uh, the, the, um, the other guy who was Alexander Vindman. Alexander Vindman was one of the witnesses in the Ukraine thing. This guy's his brother who was fired probably because of this. Both brothers were fired from the NSC shortly after the Senate voted to acquit Trump. Alexander Vindman retired from the army last year and said he has been subjected to a campaign of bullying and retaliation. Now, the reason why I say this could be the next bit of escalation. Michael Flynn, should he get court-martialed, will light a bigger fire under many of these people on the right. Although I'm not entirely convinced it would have that big of an impact, to be completely honest. I think it might make people upset, but I don't see it actually being a catalyst for anything large because Michael Flynn was already prosecuted for political reasons, in my opinion. You know, they, they, he, the man was doing his job as a national security advisor and they went after him, went after his family. So it's, it's just downright really creepy stuff. I don't see conservatives getting up and doing anything about it. And I don't see conservatives convincing anybody because of Michael Flynn. The reality is it comes down to what the media says and regular people believe. I watched a video recently. Some conservatives, they do this all the time. Some Democrats, they do this all the time. They go out and they do men in the street interviews where they ask people simple things. In one, they were like, what's Memorial Day? Today's Memorial Day, by the way. It's a day in which we honor those who have fallen in war, those who make sure that flag flies and flies free. Many people said, I don't know. Some people said it's about workers. Some people said it's about, you know, when people lose their lives, they just didn't know. Some people said it was a holiday for imperialism. Many people didn't know. These people vote. These people don't care. They'll vote Democrat. They'll go out with their friends, but they don't care about you. They don't care about the news. If you can rally those people, you can win elections. And that's what it's really about. The problem conservatives have is they often get into the nitty gritty. Much of what I'm telling you now, most people don't know anything about. When I cover the Ukraine scandal, for instance, and conclude based on the writings of liberal journalists and conservatives that Joe Biden is crooked and was seeking to enrich himself and his family through illicit Ukraine dealings, most people have lack such knowledge to get to the point where they would understand the story that they dismiss it outright. Then they hear from the media that Trump is bad and they say, hey, whatever the celebrities say, I suppose, and they vote for it. I'm not convinced in the end Michael Flynn will have a big impact no matter what happens. So I don't want to act like his statements on a coup are all that important. But I will point out that we're getting to that point in the, in, in the narrative. People have talked about January 6th. They've talked about insurrection. On the, uh, the left call, saying it's an insurrection and all that and claiming it was just a riot. But we're at the point now where you can deny it all you want. And January 6th, you know, even the New York Post is now calling it an insurrection. You got Michael Flynn saying Military coup, do it. And the Oath Keepers, four more Oath Keepers charged in January 6th insurrection. So say New York Post. We have a quote. Prosecutors allege Stuart Rhodes started talking about plans to forcefully keep Trump in the White House months before the insurrection and exchanged dozens of messages 
calls and other communications with the co-defendants before and during the riots. Quote, we're going to defend the president, the duly elected president, and we call on him to do what needs to be done to save our country. Because if you don't, guys, you're going to be in a bloody, bloody civil war and a bloody, you can call it an insurrection or you can call it a war or fight. Rhodes allegedly wrote on November 9th in a message to Hackett, two other previously charged defendants and other followers of Oath Keepers, the outlet reported. I'm willing to sacrifice myself for that Rhodes allegedly allegedly went on. Let the fight start there. That will give President Trump what he needs, frankly. We want him to declare an insurrection and to call up, call us up as the militia. Lawyers for Dolan and Isaacs didn't return their comments. I, I feel bad for a lot of these guys. They actually thought Donald Trump was interested in any of this. Donald Trump conceded several times. He came out and he said, it's over. Guys, go home, be peaceful. And these people still thought standing in a building would do something. It was stupid. And many were violent. And some weren't. Some were just bewildered and walking around and the doors opened up and they walked on in. That, that's that, that's where I, what I find fascinating. Some of these cops taking selfies with the with these individuals, some of these cops agreeing on terms with them and reports that the famous Q shaman actually stopped people from stealing food from the break room suggests that the main narrative from the left is is incorrect. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you why it doesn't matter, because it's not just about it's not just about Michael Flynn statements. It's about conservatives and their unwillingness to defy the New York Times and Democrat opinion. There was someone who said, and I can't remember who the quote, what the quote comes from, that Republican politicians are more concerned about what the New York Times thinks about them than their own constituents. I believe that's true. Take a look at the New York Post, a seemingly conservative outlet. The New York Post challenged the Biden family, wrote exclusive stories critical of the Biden family, exclusive stories that painted them in a very bad light. The New York Post now says insurrection continually adopting, using the language of the left in every single respect. We hear with Antifa, autonomous zones, and the conservatives say it. There's a few areas where they defy, like mostly defying insurrection, mostly defying the phrases peaceful protest because, well, we know the truth. But when the New York Post adopts that narrative, it's only a matter of time before that's the official narrative. January 6th was an insurrection. Even the conservatives agree. And once that framing is accepted, it's over. Right now, the Democrats are trying to get a commission on January 6th to investigate all these people. Where's the commission on COVID? I mean, that's something we seriously need to understand what happened, where it came from. And as the media repeatedly is wrong, it's hard to know exactly how things will play out, what's true and what isn't. I showed you the New Hampshire story. The folds in the ballots created discrepancies. It was apparently good for Democrats. We'll see how this ends up, you know, what, what, it, what it ends up turning into. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. 
Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. The Daily Mail reports, liberal media finally admit they made a mistake discussing Wuhan lab leak theory just because Trump backed it. Washington Post, New York Times, and ABC pundits say some have egg on their face. Lab leak hypothesis was, was basically banned by YouTube. You had to be very careful in reporting. YouTube would strike your, your, your channel and remove the video. The mainstream media said it was a conspiracy. It never happened. Now it may happen. So I look at this. I look back at everything they've reported, and it was all disinformation. And if that was all disinformation, as was the Russiagate stuff, and we can go back to the Iraq war, why should I believe anything they're reporting on anything else? It's hard, right? Why should I believe any of these stories about Myanmar, especially? Now, when it comes to Michael Flynn, I watched the video. I heard him say these words. I don't know. Maybe Vox is lying about Myanmar. There's some other stories that confirm what they're saying. Why should I believe it? I have the story from 538. What's happening in Arizona is not, a re- is not really an audit or a recount. It's a partisan inquisition. That's the narrative. And that to me is all that matters. It doesn't matter if it's if it's true or false. It matters that 538 is a left leaning biased outlet. Ground News say it so. And they're telling the left it's all a big sham. On the right, they're saying it's an audit. The mainstream right, those that are allowed to keep speaking, those who haven't been banned, are the ones saying that it's bad or they're saying it was an insurrection. Maybe the New York Post figured it out. Maybe when the New York Post wrote bad things about Hunter Biden and got banned, they got scared. Circulation declined. They lose money. So they say, we'll just frame it the way you want. There are certainly things I can't say right now. There are certainly names I can't say. YouTube would delete the video instantly. But I wouldn't say it's an insurrection unless it was. And if I have to get banned at some point, so be it. That's why we set up TimCast.com. 538. They've been very, very wrong over the past several years. Here's what they say. Per state law, almost after almost every countywide election in Arizona, a multi-party, multi-party audit board must conduct a hand count of ballots, blah, blah, blah. Six plus months later, Maricopa County's ballots are still being counted, but by another group entirely. They go on to mention basically the gist of it. It's not being done through the official channels. It's something else. Does it matter? The right believes it's a real audit. I talked to many people who are like, did you see what happened? Did you hear about, you know, these signatures and that hard drive and this, that, and whatnot. And I say to all of them, why does it matter? What does it matter? Because like if Trump gets evidence, what, it doesn't matter. No matter what you say, you can frame it however it's to be framed. Antifa is a peaceful protest or a violent riot. The media will just say what they want to say. People already believe what they believe. And this is just going to generate confirmation bias. I don't believe any regular person who doesn't care or pay attention is going to be shocked by anything that comes out of any of these things. So what happens? I think we're on track for hot conflict. I think things are going to escalate. I think people are going to freak out. And I wonder if this, stories like this next one I'm about to read, are what actually will be a large catalyst. Tennessee lawmakers alarmed by reports White House secretly flying migrant children into state. I say maybe. I know people who voted for Joe Biden. They said Donald Trump and the kids in cages. 
Joe Biden reopened the cage facilities. Joe Biden is smuggling children. I'm seeing many of these Biden voters posting their L's online on Twitter. But I also know many people who don't care at all about these stories. They voted for the man and they're content with whatever happens. They don't care. So what I mean to say with that is these people don't matter. If their opinion is nothing, no matter what, it's just whatever the media says, they're not going to be active in any real conflict. And when the UK, YouGov did a poll in the UK of people who were woke, they found 12, I think it was 12% who said they were and 23 said they weren't. Your numbers are showing up. How many regular people just don't want to be involved and are being forced to be involved? Where will the chips fall? I don't know. I believe if any one of these factions reaches 35 plus percent is when you'll get real hot conflict. The woke is around 12 percent in the UK, but that makes sense based on what we saw with YouGov data here in the US a few years ago. It was around 8 percent. It's probably increased. But the increase in the woke probably increases the anti-woke. Channels like mine become more prominent and more people learn about what's going on. At a certain point, people are going to say enough. And when you get rallying cries, like from Michael Flynn saying, nothing's stopping a military coup from happening, and it should happen, then you have to wonder at what point the people who are standing up and cheering actually want something to happen and go make it happen. We don't want anything like that. We don't, we don't, we don't want that to happen. We don't want anything like that to happen. These people don't understand. When you hear about these stories about military coup, what if it was the left that did it? You'd not be happy. Yeah, so don't advocate for destabilization, which negatively impacts you. It's the same thing with free speech. Don't advocate for censorship or authoritarianism because it will be used against you. If you believe that a military coup or some kind of, you know, insurrection is going to benefit you in the long run, it won't. Because then the other side or other people just use the same tactics. And that's what I warn of to the left. After you have your glorious revolution, who will protect your revolution from the next glorious revolution? Nobody. Your guards, maybe. And then the cycle continues. Now, as for solutions, man, it's tough. You need to build culture. You need to change minds with fun, exciting culture. I make a vlog. It's called Cast Castle. We got a Gadsden flag in the video. So now when people see skateboarding and rollerblading and scooting and BMXing, and they're like, that's so cool. And they see a Gadsden flag and they see a pro skater. When they go to school and their teacher says, this symbol is hateful, they say, what are you talking about? My favorite people use that flag. You're lying. You're wrong. I know what that means. You educate by building culture. That's what we want to do. The ends don't justify the means. Michael Flynn's statements are alarming. I think it's going to escalate no matter what. So, I mean, be, be, be cautious. Stay apprised. Pay attention. Because sooner or later, more people are going to take more action. You think January 6th was going to be a one-off? They're putting some of these people in solitary. It's going to in enrage people on the right. We'll see how it plays out. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Last Friday, Antifa and other far-left extremists did what they usually do in Portland. They went around rioting and, you know, whatever. But they attacked a man of Asian descent that they claimed to be Andy No. The only issue is that they don't know for a fact it was Andy. The people there weren't entirely sure, but a lot of people still were screaming, it's Andy. News outlets have not confirmed the man was Andy, and maybe it was Andy No. Now, if you're not familiar with who Andy No is, he is a journalist who has covered Antifa extensively, written a book about them, and he's had first an experience in Portland covering these protests. But 
I believe it was a couple of years ago, or maybe last year, he was uh, brutally attacked. They threw milkshakes at him. They beat him. They left him with his ears bleeding, his mouth bleeding, black eyes. They beat him pretty severely because he reports on them and they don't like that. I've seen a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, in my years covering the far left extremists, notably in Chicago during no NATO protests. The far left linked arms and then yelled, charge the press or something like that, and then started attacking journalists. They were in, in organizing meetings. They say, don't smash a journalist's camera. It could pay your rent, a reference to stealing their equipment and selling it. They don't like journalists. They don't like people who report on them. And because Andy No extensively reports on them, they will beat anyone who so much as resembles Andy No. And that often means to these, you know, extremely racist white progressives, any Asian millennial man, apparently. So this this reminds me of V for Vendetta, that, that moment at the end of the movie where they're like, eventually someone does something stupid. These people may have just attacked a random guy for the crime of being an Asian man in the Pacific Northwest. That's it. That's it. There are a lot of Asian people in the Pacific Northwest, and not all of them are Andy No. And it's not the first time they've done this. There was another incident Andy No tweeted about. An Antifa in Portland tracked down and accost a random Asian male who they accuse of being Andy No. And this guy's like, I'm sick of it. You people keep harassing me, accusing me of being Andy No. Why? Because he's got a haircut, I guess. Or because he's an Asian male that they see at a protest and they accuse of being Andy No. So did Andy No actually show up? I don't know for sure. But this is the point where I think we see people doing things that are incredibly stupid because maybe it was Andy. But there's a few problems. Well, we'll I'll read the story, but I want to say there's a few problems with this first. Why would Andy show up to an Antifa protest wearing nothing but a standard COVID mask? The dude was brutally beaten before and has avoided being on the ground for these events for the most part since. Wouldn't he wear a hoodie and a bigger mask? just his eyes, maybe even something covering his eyes. Why would he go down there and just wear a mask? More importantly, most people have tweeted, Andy No left the country a long time ago, and COVID lockdown, uh, COVID lockdown for, tra- uh, for international travel is still in effect. So did Andy No leave to a different country and then fly back, you know, and go through the quarantine and all that stuff? Maybe he did. Maybe. But it just seems if I have to make the least amount of assumptions, considering Antifa has attacked random Asian males in the past, considering the fact that Andy was reportedly out of the country, and considering the fact that Andy has no good reason to go on the ground, unless to do a publicity stunt like this, I suppose, that there's too many assumptions in saying Antifa attacked uh, Andy No. Here's the story from the Portland Tribune. But I want to point something out first. And uh, I got a sponsor spot, which I'm extremely uh, grateful for. In the description below, you'll see a link to ground.news. Go to ground.news slash Tim Pool. You'll notice at the top of the Portland Tribune, there is a ground news bar. And it shows something very important. Portland Tribune covering the Andy No story is the only left-leaning source to cover this. Out of nine sources, 83% are right-wing. You know what that means? It means the left will not hear this story. And therein lies the big problem. If Antifa is going around and beating random people just because they're Asian, it's extremely important the left knows about this. So you can do a few things. For one, ground.news, what they do is they take the bias ratings of many news outlets, which is, is imperfect, but you know, everybody's working on it. And they show you on these stories 
where the reporting is and whether or not you have a blind spot. So as we can see here, if you're on the left, you're not learning about this stuff. The right hears about it all the time. So again, go to ground.news slash Tim Pool, and it'll link you to the app to download Ground News. It's a, it's a really great service. I'm incredibly impressed with it because now I can have on all of the articles I pull up for you, I can show you that uh, I can show you the bias breakdown. And sometimes stories are heavily covered by the left and not the right. So I, I guess the main issue with that, as, as I brought up before, is the right still does read left wing news sources. The left does not read right wing news sources. So again, go to ground.news slash Tim Pool, download the app. I'm extremely grateful that they're sponsoring this, uh, this show. I don't normally do sponsor spots on this channel or my other channel, but I got to be honest, I actually going to use their extension so you can all see the bias breakdown in my in my uh, opining and reporting. I think it's extremely important, but more importantly, too, it shows you exactly why you you have to share these videos, the ones that I make, because people on the left don't know this and they're not going to know this because they just watch CNN who didn't report this or at least presumably didn't report it. They're not listed as any of the sources, according to ground.news. And I really doubt they did. The last time Andy No got attacked, Brian Stelter gave him like 10 seconds. I just want to say it's wrong to attack a journalist. I'm covering it. Anyway, moving on. He doesn't go into detail. He doesn't talk about the violent extremism. The media doesn't talk about it. So most people who aren't paying attention to politics aren't going to see it. So ground.news slash Tim Pool, download the app and share this video. Portland Tribute reports, left wing protesters chased down, attacked and unmasked a man. They believe to be right-wing author Andy No in disguise. They didn't unmask him. He's wearing a mask. The Portland Tribune has not independently confirmed the fleeing man's identity. And No did not immediately issue any public statements on the matter. One longtime protest observer told the Tribune he saw No working out at a gym in a southeast Portland neighborhood one week ago, a gym staff reportedly greeting No by name. The Friday evening protest, which had lasted for several uneventful, uneventful hours, at least by Portland standards, had not been declared an unlawful assembly or riot by authorities as the clock neared 1130 p.m. With a crowd of perhaps 100 marching through the city without any reports of property. I love how they have to. There was no property damage this time. This time. They say at that point, many in the group became suspicious of a fellow protester who was wearing tinted oversized ski goggles. Okay, so there you go. Maybe maybe Andy did really did go down and was in disguise. A mask that obscured his face, black clothing and a Black Lives Matter flag worn as a cloak. Protesters said the man was attending the demonstration alone and did not respond to questions. Suddenly, a foot chase broke out with around a dozen people chasing the person they believed to be no away from the justice center. The man attempted to seek refuge in several buildings, but was eventually tackled to the ground and struck repeatedly. His goggles and cape were torn from him. Here are the images. This person, Zane Sparling, says black clad protesters chased away a man they say is Andy No during a protest in downtown Portland tonight. They didn't remove his mask, though. And the problem is in this other. It, it actually looks like this guy. Antifa in Portland tracked down and accost a random Asian male who they accuse of being Andy No. It's not the first time it happened. Andy called these people idiots. So I have a few questions I want to ask. If it was Andy No, why wouldn't he just answer the questions? If they're like, hey, who are you? I'm Bill. Hey, man, don't ask my name. Why wouldn't he just say something? If it was somebody who didn't know what to do, if it was a regular random Asian guy who was being questioned and assaulted, he might panic and not respond to questions. More importantly, what's the point of wearing a mask and goggles and then have people ask you your name? Why go join the black block if that's going to happen? 
So I'm, I, I wonder, I, I do think it's, it's a tough call. This may very well be Andy. Andy may have shown up for some dumb reason and gone into the protest. I don't know why. But there is another Asian dude who has been at these protests who's, who's been accused of being Andy before. Maybe that was him. Maybe there's a deeper conspiracy afoot. Maybe Andy knew that if a regular Asian guy showed up, they'd beat him. And then he could sit back as the news reported it was him. And then he could come out and say, that wasn't me. I'm not even in the country. It's hard to, it's, it's, it's hard to know where the probability, you know, which, which is probable. I kind of lean towards maybe it's just Andy No, but it's a weird thought that Andy would just go down there and do this. For real, like there's literally no reason. He just sold the book. Dude's got money. Dude has no reason to put himself in harm's way. And I'm speaking from experience. I used to go on the, on the ground and cover things all the time. They started threatening and harassing me, posting pictures of my mom. And so I said, I'm not going to go down anymore. There's literally no upside to me or Andy being on the ground. Okay, I guess Andy wanted a publicity stunt. I don't know. I really don't. Maybe it was him. Maybe it wasn't. At the very least, Antifa shouldn't be attacking people if they don't know for sure. And that's what happened last time. They say the man then fled up Morrison Street and received shelter inside the swanky The Nines Hotel. He was seen crouching behind the front desk as confused clerks attempted to secure the premises. Protesters chanted and pounded on the glass. I want Andy No, one cried. He's hiding right here. Come on out. The man eventually entered an elevator and was not seen again. Portland Police Bureau officers, who had already made at least one targeted arrest earlier in the night, soon arrived by van and arrested another person outside the hotel. The arrested person's phone continued to stream video from inside the evidence bag. Officers eventually withdrew from the scene, leaving a small crowd to tangle with hotel valets and befuddled guests. They want to say no is one of the most prominent critics of left, the left-wing movement known as Antifa. So recently as 2019, he was a little-known writer who frequently live-streamed Portland demonstrations. During an infamous rally in June of that year, crowds doused him with milkshakes and attacked him. The incident gave Noah a massive social media following he parlayed into frequent television appearances and a book published earlier this year. Yeah, so maybe that was it. Maybe Andy was like, I'm going to go on TV and get some press, and I'm just going to show up and then get attacked. Maybe. <laughs> it just seems really dumb. But maybe. I don't know. There have been several incidents in which Asian men attending protests have been confused with Andy No. While No recently made headlines after announcing he had relocated to London, you see, <laughs> he, all, he has also occasionally attended protests incognito, writing in December that he sometimes goes in, in black block to protests, but not always. Black block, block refers to the midnight colors worn by members of the left wing group. All right, let's play a game. If it were me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, well, the left would, would disagree, but no, you know what I would do? I would tweet. I go to these protests. I would stay away from them and then sit back and wait for them to panic and attack a random person. And then once they do publicity, if Andy No wanted to do a publicity stunt, why would he go down there and actually put himself in harm's way? He would have to expect to be revealed and beaten if that were the case. What if Andy No just says he goes to these protests because he knows eventually they'll beat someone and then he'll get publicity anyway? L long story short, if the dude wanted to do a PR stunt, he need only sit back and wait. Since the incident, Andy No has not tweeted. Kind of odd. So we'll see. It may very well be him. They say a spokesman for the Portland Police Bureau said officers arrived outside the hotel learning that someone was being chased and assaulted. Officers did stand by to allow an injured person to get in an ambulance. 
uh, said Sergeant, uh, said Police Sergeant Kevin Allen, I cannot release the name of the person involved. That's another reason why I'm not convinced it's no. It's tough, right? It's coin toss. But if it was Andy, I'd imagine they'd be like, Andy no was brought into a hotel. Like, I don't know. If it was a random person, they wouldn't release the name of a non-public figure. No and the nines did not immediately respond to requests for comment. So as I've shown you, <clears throat> we see this. Let me, let me, let me show you uh, this, this comparison we have. Andy, uh, when he got beat last time, he's a little on the, on the thicker side, of, you know, a little, little, little chubby going on. And uh, I, don't, I don't think this guy is Andy. I could be wrong. You look at this photo of him. It doesn't look like Andy. No, Andy, Andy's hair, I don't know. I just don't know. What I do know is things are getting crazy. You know, so I look at Andy's nose. It's got a little curve. I look at this guy's nose. He's wearing a mask. It doesn't look to me like it like it's Andy. It looks like they just beat a random person. You're in a black block. You're protesting. You don't want anyone to know who you are. People start screaming at you and chasing you. What can you do? Stop and just stand there and say you're not him. They, we, these guys know what happens. They're going to beat you anyway. So we've either got, we, we got one of two things. We got a guy who joined Black Bloc and reaps what he has sown because they beat him and chased him, or Andy No got caught. Or some other Asian dude is trying to be like Andy. I don't know. I'll tell you this. The escalation is very real and very scary. The beatings, the street violence, but more than that. Check out this story from the Daily Mail. Calls for Michael Flynn to face court-martial after retired general tells QAnon conference a Myanmar-style coup should happen in the U.S. It's a little bit over the top, this story, because he did say it, but someone asked a question. uh, They said, why what happened in Myanmar can't happen here? There's no reason, Flynn responded. I mean, it should happen. That's right. Except what happened there is actually kind of scary. They say Myanmar's military-led coup saw the country's democratically elected government overturned. Military chief Min Ong Hlaing was installed as the country's leader with a junta killing hundreds of civilians. No, <laughs> no, it should not happen here. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. But people on the right are adamant and convinced. It doesn't matter what you believe. You know, people say, uh, this, this, this is the message I try to convey all the time. When people are like, Tim, my side is the right side. I'm like, that doesn't matter. Literally does not. I have people being like, don't you know what's happening in Arizona? Haven't you been watching the news? And I'm like, dude, why? No, no, serious question. Why? Is it going to change your mind if the audit comes back and says Trump lost? No. 
Is it going to change their mind if the audit comes back in the in, in the inverse, saying that there was something wrong that happened? No, no one is going to change their mind. The audit won't do anything. Now, what it may do is embolden the existing factions. If the audits come back and say something shocking and dramatic, then those who already believe it may view that as a call to arms, a call to action. And of course, the establishment, they're going to keep screaming January 6th and calling for a commission because they need to keep the pressure on. This is Cold War. And that's what's scary. We already saw hot escalation. So maybe we've entered a hot civil war. I mean, the moment that they stormed the Capitol or the moment Black Lives Matter went around smashing buildings, you decide. You know, historians may go back as far as Occupy Wall Street. I don't know. So maybe we are already in the hot war. You know, people have said it's a cold civil war. It's a culture war. But we've already seen a a faction storm the Capitol building. I mean, that constitutes something, right? The revolutionary period, for instance, took, I think, over 20 years, and it included a lot of stories, the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Massacre, etc. And these happened like not not those moments specifically, but many of these these, these historical moments years apart. So perhaps depending on who wins this this conflict, history will be written by the victors. So you look at what Michael Flynn is saying and what is he saying? We need armed escalation. Does he really mean it? Maybe not. But he said it. They got asked the question. He said it should happen. And that to me is worrying. It doesn't matter who is right or wrong. It matters that people are ready and willing to fight. And that I, I, I think it really comes down to this. I think the woke faction is half the size as the anti-woke faction. However, the anti-woke faction plays by the rules. So whether it's a Republican or not, because I don't like the Republican Party, I don't think they always play by the rules. But the anti-woke faction is not necessarily just the Republican Party. There was a poll done by YouGov, asked people in the UK if they were woke. 12% said yes, 23% said no, and 59 or whatever number, I don't remember the exact numbers, said, I don't know what woke means. Think about that right now in the context of the US. It's probably true here as well. There's probably similar numbers, which means so long as the woke control the cultural institutions, the anti-woke will not break the rules. The woke cult will, anti-woke won't. So they can fly their flags at our embassies as a sign of of dominance. I mean, flying a a, a Marxist flag at a U.S. embassy, and it is that the Black Lives Matter organizers literally say they're Marxist, that Patrice woman literally says she was a Marxist. They use the red salute as their symbol. They're flying their flags at our embassies. At a certain point, you have to recognize how bad and serious things are getting. It's not just about Andy No getting attacked. It's about the escalation. It's about the fact that the country is split and it doesn't matter what regular people think because regular people often aren't involved. Look at the numbers when it came to the revolution. It was something like 20% opposed the revolution. 30 something percent were in favor and the rest said, we don't know or care. Leave us alone. And the revolution happened. Something like that. It might have been like 38%, like it was a high percentage. So how, what, what percentage of anti-woke do you need before there is substantial revolt from the anti-woke in this country. We have these audits. We have Donald Trump's claims. But is it enough for the regular for regular people? Most people who are anti-woke, most conservatives are not going to do anything. Only a few hundred people showed up in D.C. on the 6th. 
at, at the Capitol. I mean, there were hundreds of thousands watching Trump speak, but not engaging in any, any, any you know, serious violence or anything like that. Imagine if they wanted to. Yeah, that's that's where things get more worrying. The left is is keeping up its 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 pressure campaign. The establishment in the media, the Republican establishment is joining the Democrats to make sure the framing is absolutely anti-Trump and anti anti-establishment. It's not pro-establishment. They're trying to make sure the narrative goes against anyone who is anti-establishment. That includes Republicans. So that's why you'll get Republicans constantly using the framing of the left. They'll use Antifa's language. They'll use Democrats' language. They won't use their own language. Republicans need to go into the House, into the Senate, and start talking about Antifa insurrection, saying this country faced a year of insurrection from the far left, and we demand an investigation. These people are insane claiming Antifa doesn't exist, but they don't do it. They use the language of the left. They argue with the left. They let the left take the center. So long as they have the center of the board, they're uh, in a strong position to win. Do what you do. Do do. Uh, uh, does any of it really matter? In the end, is the big question. I think it all just adds grains of grains of sand to the heap that suggests we're headed towards some serious conflict. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at one p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Inflation is upon us. Food shortages getting worse across the country. Empty shelves, chip shortages, can't get cars, can't get computers, and it's going to get worse. Joe Biden's going to spend six trillion more dollars at a time when it makes absolutely no sense. We had Max Kaiser on the Timcast IRL podcast recently, and he said the actual inflation rate is probably 10 to 15 percent. Well, it's officially reported as around 4.2 or so percent. Max said they're lying because then they'd have to increase social security payments. It would have a dramatic impact on what they're supposed to be doing when inflation gets this high and they don't want to. But my friends, this is the Great Reset. I'm I'm reading this article from the Wall Street Journal, how to know when inflation is here to stay. And they talk about how households are flush with cash. How do so many households have so much money? Ain't nothing to buy. And because of that, they don't want to work. But if people don't work, ain't nothing to buy. That's the Great Reset. And this story comes out at a time when we get a bunch of other stories. Amazon, McDonald's, Chipotle, and others raise wages, offer hiring bonuses across Massachusetts, U.S., as job market tightens. Restaurants nationwide raise prices amid soaring costs, labor shortage. A list of all the things you can't get right now. Can't find chicken wings, diapers, or a new car? Here's all the shortages hitting the economy. Now, why is this happening? Why are there so many shortages, my friends? I said, this is the Great Reset. Let me explain first by reading you this story from the Wall Street Journal. They say, inflation is here already. From houses and, in the, in the, and in the long run, let me mute that, there is a lot of upward pressure on prices. But between now and then lies a big question for investors in the economy. Is the Federal Reserve right to think that price rises we're seeing now are temporary and will abate by next year? Well, as I already mentioned, Max Kaiser basically said they're not telling us the truth. So I don't think it's temporary. And I'll, and I'll go through the math and, and explain why. So I hope you've been paying attention. Hyperinflation is a tax on the working class. Joe Biden comes out and says, we're going to raise taxes on everybody who makes more than $400,000 a year. Read my lips. No taxes on anyone making less than 400. And all of the ignorant masses say, I don't make more than 400,000, so why should I care? 
It's heartbreaking, really, because the mass printing of money is how you tax the working class. And that's what he's doing. Raising taxes on those who make more than 400K makes no sense. You know why? Because those who make more than 400K have the ability, the means to move their money into other assets quite easily. And they will. This is Biden appeasing the masses as he strips the value from their paycheck. And unfortunately, the regular people, most normal, uninitiated people don't understand that's what's happening. And rich people are rushing to buy up houses. You know why? You buy a house, property value goes up. It's safe from inflation, safer from inflation. People are buying Bitcoin like crazy and gold like crazy. And if you look at the recent Bitcoin price drop, regular people once again saying, all oh, those people made a big mistake buying Bitcoin. No, they didn't. No, the rich people didn't. The people who made, this, made the mistake were the poor people who sold. We can track the accounts that are selling. It was poor people who sold. Let's read more from the Wall Street Journal. They say some at the Fed are already having vague doubts, starting to talk about when to discuss removing some of their extraordinary stimulus, even as they continue to push the idea that inflation is likely to fall back of its own accord. Households are flush with cash, personal savings. Look at this personal savings in November 2019, 1.19 trillion. And then by April 2020, 6.41 trillion. It drops way down spikes back up again. They go on to say, the argument that inflation is temporary is simple. Consumer demand has been boosted massively by stimulus and the reopening release of pent up demand. Supply is unable to keep up thanks to inventories and capabilities run down when demand collapsed during the lockdown. Workers unwilling to return to work and the overhang of COVID restrictions. As a result, there are some extraordinary price ramps in narrow areas, such as used cars, that are pushing up headline numbers. The resulting price rises will abate once spare cash is spent and business is back to normal. The, di- the difficulty is how to test whether this is right, because many of the usual gauges are being mucked up by the scale of the post-pandemic rebound. There are three broad areas to watch, the labor force, consumer demand, and inflation expectations. We'll read more, but let me just say something. Er- everybody's got money. Our savings are flush with cash. Not everybody has money, but a lot of people have money. So supply is low. Demand is high. Why would somebody who's sitting on a pile of cash go and get a job? Their rent is being paid for. They can get their food. They can't get their computers. There's a shortage of a lot of a lot of things they'd normally want. But how much can a person do if there's no PlayStations to buy? There's nothing I can do about it. I can't go work for PlayStation to make one. So I just got extra money and no reason to work. Ah, but therein lies the problem. If this person doesn't go to work on, say, you know, making computer chips, or I think this is mostly Taiwan, so there's a lot of political ramifications going on with that. If a person says, I can't get what I want anyway, even if I work, what's the point? Because people don't see the bigger picture. There's less people getting the raw materials to make these things. There's less people putting together the, the, the not necessarily raw materials, but the more complex uh, um, materials required for, say, building a toaster or a PlayStation. So somebody might work at a, a, a chip factory and not realize that they actually are contributing to the creation of laptop computers, desktop computers, cameras, etc. Someone might work at like a, an optics plant making lenses or something. And they're like, no reason for me to work. I can't buy the PlayStation that I want. If people don't need to work because they're flush with cash, things don't get made, and the supply never comes back. That is the Great Reset. 
People eventually give up. They say, I can't buy a PlayStation. I don't want a PlayStation. Let me tell you something that's really fascinating right now. So as most of you know, I've been skateboarding for over two decades, like 22 years. But I recently started skate, uh, rollerblading inline, mostly because it's just fun. And I just want to go out and get some exercise. But I'm just, I like doing tricks, right? And one of the reasons that I actually was interested in it is because videos started popping up all across the board of people actually rollerblading. You see, what happened was people couldn't buy things. This is true. This is what's happening. I've talked to some of these shops. During the pandemic, people couldn't go to bars. People couldn't go to restaurants and people couldn't get PlayStations. So what did they do? They went to their closets and dusted off their old pair of rollerblades, started going rollerblading. I mean, that's a kind of a good thing, in my opinion. People should be physically active and not just sitting around playing video games and eating Doritos or whatever. Now, Doritos are good. No, no, no beef. But, you know, if that's all you're doing, you got a problem. That's the great reset. They have changed people's behaviors. They have taken away the things they don't want you to have that they think are bad. And then in response, we are seeing the algorithm of social media boost things like rollerblading. That's not all bad, but it is still many questions linger as to what this will mean for food prices and ultimately whether or not people will care. The rising inflation means people will be buying less food. Probably a good thing. It'll be better for the environment. Probably a good thing. People are more likely to go out and find joy in nature and just chilling. Probably a good thing. But think about what's happening. I'll tell you what's really fascinating about all of this. And I'm not alleging a conspiracy or anything. YouTube pushing van life. Remember this? In the year before COVID, van life was huge. I even went out and bought a van. Why? Because I'm apparently extremely susceptible to this kind of messaging. I saw a stupid commercial, an ad on Amazon for these big giant bike wheel uh, foot brace skates or whatever. I bought some. I see rollerblade videos on Instagram. I buy some. It seems like big tech and these political elites are trying to encourage people not to buy food and to use less. That's the great reset. Is it authoritarian? Is it Machiavellian? Is it, is it conspiratorial? I don't know. But I remember the year before the COVID, there was this, this woman who made a van life video. She made two and she got like 2 million subscribers. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to do it. All of a sudden, van life videos are popping up. What's van life? It's when people literally live in vans. They consume less. They get more joy out of just looking at trees. These are great things in my opinion. But it makes you wonder about the ease of control in which people are, are manipulated. And it makes you wonder about, well, as they've been screaming that climate change is a big problem, we got to shut down, you know, carbon emissions and all that. It makes you wonder if there wasn't a plan for some kind of great reset. I've long said, you know, the great reset seems to be authoritarian, despotic and, and nightmarish. However, I've always pointed out that there are some benefits. You got a big problem with these city people just consuming away and just living in cubicles that smell like sour milk. Not that, not that I'm a big fan of the idea of resetting glo the global economy and injecting wokeness into it. Quite the opposite. But this is what we're seeing. They're going to mention that workers can embed inflation through pay raises. There aren't enough workers, so wages go up. Those workers have more money to spend, so prices of goods and services rise. The workers then demand pay raises and on and on. There's plenty of anecdotal evidence that pay is going up, especially for workers at the bottom. Now, I've already showed you the story. McDonald's, Arby's, you know, whatever. They're offering bonuses. Sign on bonus, $1,000. Come take a job on a cashier. People don't want to do it. So ultimately what happens is it may 
cause a rapid societal transformation. I think it is. And it's going to dramatically reduce the standard of living only for the poor people. And that's where things, in my opinion, get bad. Or it's, it's tough. If you're smart and you're paying attention, you might be okay. That's why I'm not freaking out and pounding the table. Those of you who are watching my show, you may have already bought some crypto or some gold or whatever. Not that I'm giving you advice to do that. I'm just saying you've been paying attention. So you've probably hedged some of your dollars somewhere else. But the people who live in cities are going to be devastated by this. The Democrat voters are going to be devastated by this. The people who pay attention and are watching the news, less so. But it's still a big problem. You see, the wealthy elites are consolidating their power throughout the past year. The Great Reset, whatever it, whatever it is, because it's, it's, it's on the World Economic Forum website, has talked about things just like this. People can't go out to, to restaurants. They lock the restaurants down. People stop buying things. Demand is, is evaporated. And it reset our, our system of, of commerce, except for the rich. I mean, we're already seeing the stories. And maybe I'll cover this in, in greater detail in my, in my main segment. There's a punk rock show in Florida. If you're not vaccinated, thousand bucks to come in. If you are, eighteen bucks. That means rich people don't got to worry about anything. Always with this climate change stuff, what do we see? Barack Obama buys beachfront property. Wealthy elites buying Miami beachfront property, but they keep saying that in 10, 15 years, it's going to be underwater. Why would they buy beachfront property that they think is going to be underwater unless they think it won't be? Now. Many people have said that proves they're lying about climate change. I don't think so. I think the plan is simple. They can tell you not to do it so that they can. You know, they want to fly in private jets. They just got to tell you not to fly. If 99% of people stop flying, they'll get to keep flying. So what's probably happening, in my opinion, is the wealthy people are saying, hey, look, all these people are, you know, farting and pooping where they drink and everything's getting bad. That means we won't be able to fart and poop where we drink. Make them stop and we can do whatever we want. Isn't that how it's always been? The wealthy elites have their big mansions, 20 rooms, and they complain about you leaving the lights on. You shouldn't flush your toilet or leave your lights on. It's bad for everybody. Well, they're not wrong. But shouldn't they lead by example? What gives them the right to continue their standard of living and stripping it away from everybody else? I don't know, but it's going to it's going to hit you. So they go on to the Wall Street Journal to mention that worker prices are going to go up. Uh, wages. They're already desperate to hire people. The wages aren't going to go down, which means the prices have to stay up. And that's what we're seeing. Restaurants nationwide raise prices amid soaring costs and labor shortage. You get the story. I don't need to read too much into it, but I'll give you a quote. Alan Natkill, owner of Georgia's Northside in Concord, New Hampshire, uh, posted on Facebook. Due to the surging costs, I hate saying what, I'm about, what I'm hate, I hate saying what I'm about to say, but here it is. I will be raising prices on select items to offset my increased wholesale costs. He wrote, when supply chain issues and availability come back around, I pledge to adjust my prices accordingly in order to maintain a menu that is fresh, dynamic, and very important to me, affordable to the Concord community. The price of St. Louis ribs, for example, are up 50% over the past three months, he said, and fryer oil prices have almost doubled while food service gloves have tripled in cost. What's going to happen here? It's going to cause inflation. The wealthy people will have no problem buying their $30 cheeseburger and you can eat the cicadas. You see how it works? Yeah, it's going to be gross. The rich people are always going to eat like kings. 
They're always going to get their fryer oil, but not you. You're going to live in the pod and you're going to eat the bugs. That's how it's always been. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because for me, I mean, first and foremost, my business is doing very well, and, and many thanks to most of you were able to expand. I'm not interested in going to fancy filet mignon dinners or anything like that. I actually just ate, what did we eat the other day, like Domino's, and I had, I probably shouldn't do that, though. But we get hibachi a lot if you watch the vlog. It's not too expensive. It's like, I think, 12 bucks for a meal, and it's like fried rice and chicken. It's not bad. It's like you watch them make it. It's pretty good. I could probably do better, but uh, I don't have a lot of time for cooking, so getting something that's healthy. So I'm not super interested in, in eating all this you know, garbage and stuff, but I will point out, I'm not worried about eating bugs, personally. I'm not worried about living in the pod. I actually like the idea of van life. I'm, I'm confused by this in, 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 in a certain way. Conservatives seems to be the, seems, seem to be the ones that are mostly upset about this idea of living with nature, but they're the ones who actually know how to do it relative to liberals, I guess. The liberals are the ones cheering for this. It's like there's this meme where it's like climate change is happening. What are you doing? And the liberals, in order to prepare for this, this, you know, devastation in nine years, are getting liberal arts degrees and living in cities. It's like, okay. so in the great. So I understand this. The idea that global elites, I'm not saying they are, but would would want to reset global capitalism. We know the world economic forum has called for this, whether or not this is actually on purpose. You know, I can't say, but we know they want it. So I understand the problem there. Someone coming and destroying your way of life because they don't think you should have the right to do it because they believe in, you know, whatever. I understand that problem is a problem of authoritarianism. I do think, though, you need more memes mocking the liberals who are voting for it because it's like, I'll tell you this, if there's a a great reset, conservatives aren't going to notice. So when I moved out of the city and now I live, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere, I mean, there's somewhere, you're always somewhere, right? But, you know, I see mountains and trees when I look outside. We're doing all right. We're fine. Like I walked around the other day. I just grabbed the cicadas. I throw them to chickens. Chickens eat them up. We only have one chicken that lays eggs because she's a transplant. She's a rehome and she's a little older. But uh, I've had chickens before. If if uh, if all hell breaks loose and inflation skyrockets and people can't buy their cars and their video games or whatever, conservatives are going to be doing the same thing they've always done. Go outside without a mask on. They don't live near, you know, in massive proximity. Most conservatives, there's conservatives in cities. So for me, I haven't really noticed anything. You know, it's, it's crazy when I talk to people having left the cities about what things are like now. And I'm like, man, I moved out to the middle of nowhere. Everything's kind of been the same. I haven't really noticed any big changes. And I see a lot of conservatives saying that. I'm not going to eat the bugs because I don't have to. We got chickens. We get our own eggs. But if you live in the city, you're going to have to. This is where the Great Reset is actually a problem for liberals, not conservatives. People who live in cities aren't going to get their beef. They're not going to get their uh, chickens. And that's why all these articles keep popping up telling liberals to eat the cicadas. Meanwhile, I live in the middle of nowhere. And while there has been a problem with getting beef due to, I think it was like USDA regulation or something, we went to a farm. We got a bunch of beef. Had no issue. Got a bunch of chicken, got a bunch of uh, uh, chorizo and sausage, and we got it in the deep freezer. It was not hard. Local farms, easy stuff. We got our own chickens. We got one laying eggs. Um, We don't have to eat bugs. In fact, we give the bugs to the chickens. Chicken's going to give us eggs. You live in the city, however. Nah. Nah, it's the city people who are going to be drinking, you know, cicada slushies and eating like, you know, grass burger. That's true. And that's what I think many conservatives need to realize. 
The cities are the problem. And the cities have been the problem for a long time. Police brutality? Why, that's in cities. Environmental problems and smog and, and brake pad particulates floating up in the air? That's in cities. Air pollution? Cities. Human waste problem? Cities. Sewage? Cities. Plastic? Cities. It's all the cities. People who live out in the, in the middle of nowhere are more resilient. They know how to take care of themselves more so, and they cause less of a problem. The big cities are the problem. So it's weird. I mean, this podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I get it. I get it. I look at all the news, but you know those cicada stories are pointed at liberals, right? Not conservatives. It's interesting. That's why I say I've been telling people to get out of the cities. You don't want to live there. You're going to be, you're, you're already, here, here's what's really, really funny. I'll tell you what's really, really funny. I see conservatives posting that meme saying, I will not eat the bugs. I will not live in the pod. And I'm just like, bro, in the cities, they're being told to eat cicadas. And they are in Leesburg, Virginia, which is not a big city. They're already serving cicada tacos. And guess what? If you live in New York City, you already live in the pod. Have you seen some of these apartments? It's like a closet. You get like a 10 by 8 closet and there's no bathroom. That's New York living. They already live in the pods. And they're being encouraged to eat the bugs. You live out in the middle of nowhere. You got a big house. You got trees. You got a yard. Hey, so I look at the people in the city. I'm like, you do you, man. I'm chilling. We got a garden. We're growing our own vegetables. We're not self-sustainable on where we are right now. But we do have farms that can easily supply the local area and I can easily pay for it. So we'll see how this plays out. In the long run, however, what you need to do if you are conservative, I don't think you have to worry about a lot of the eat the bug stuff because for all the reasons I mentioned, but you do need to watch out for your dollars. I will not give anybody financial advice other than pay attention to inflation. That's what I mean by watch, watch out for your dollars. I mean, just pay attention to what's going on with inflation because dollars going to lose value. What do I do first? No advice because I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm taking chances. I wish I knew. I don't. But I'm certainly buying, you know, cryptocurrency, uh, uh, some gold and silver. I bought a bunch of silver last year. Prices doubled. And uh, some water and food. I don't know what's going to happen. But I, I can tell you that this looks like the Great Reset, at the very least. Look at this. Record jobs available, but joblessness is high. How insane is that? People don't want to work. Long-run inflation is still anchored. So we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you this. Don't be surprised if McDonald's value meals cost, you know, like, you, you know, you, they used to have a dollar menu. Now it's like the dollar 20 menu, the dollar 40. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year, a cheeseburger, like a regular, you know, cheeseburger McDonald's, five bucks. I'll tell you what's really interesting. 
U.S. debt clock says the average U.S. family has 36K right now in savings. That's, that's, that's money right there. They say in the next four years, by 2025, the average savings will be half a million dollars. If everyone has half a million dollars, that means no one has anything. Who's going to want to work? And if no one works, who's going to buy anything? People are going to be sitting on money they can't spend. The money becomes worthless. We're watching it happen already. The fact that McDonald's is telling people they'll give them a thousand bucks to come take a job, thousand dollars to get a sign-on bonus, and people still don't want it. How much do you have to offer someone to take the job? Then let's say you're paying someone 40, 50K a year to work at McDonald's flipping burgers. Now you got to charge more for the burgers. You see how it works? It's very simple math. We'll see how this plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.